Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. We are so glad that you are joining us again this month to dive into our next disciple, which will be Peter. Let's see what Bill has to say about this outspoken leader. All right, so glad you're here. This is going to be another good time. And uh, one of the reasons is, as I mentioned last month, as we started 2024, that I wanted to go through the, the 12 months of the 12 disciples and look at all of their, the, the 12 guys and their lives and see what we can learn from them because those kind of guys we still talk about today, but they had unique experiences and tremendous leadership stuff. So I want to go through that as well, but I want to tell you that you look good. When I drove up today, it's so cold, and I said, I wonder if anybody would be here. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you, not only are you here, but the good-looking ones are here. So uh, thank you for looking so good. I hope you get a photo afterwards and do some other stuff as well, okay? Um, let me jump right in today, okay? Last month, we talked about one of the first disciples, and his name, we said, was Andrew. And we talked about Andrew being the quiet leader. Do you remember when Jesus chose leaders? All of them were different, but we said that not every, not every leader is loud and, and outgoing and assertive. Uh, I remember one time years ago, there was a gentleman that invited me to, uh, to come speak at his company. He said, I want you to come be my keynote speaker at my company. We're going to meet down in Florida at Captiva Island. And I said, sure, and we worked it out. And Debbie and I went there, and he's a very quiet guy. When he talked, he whispered like this right here. He never talked loud, and he was not assuming. So Debbie said, well, what's his business? I said, I don't know. I said, I think he's pretty successful. I knew he'd given a lot to a particular college. And I said, so I think he's, he's doing well. We got there. The whole hotel was packed. It was his employees. He had companies in every single state. I mean, all 50 states. Thousands of people there. And I'm, this guy's the most unassuming fellow, and I'm saying, Unbelievable. He told me how he hired people. I thought that was pretty cool. He said, the way I hire people is, he said, and I never get it wrong. He said, rarely get it wrong. He said, if I'm in a restaurant and the waitress is real good and she seems to know her job, I always say, let me give you my card. And if you're ever looking for a job, call me. He said, if I'm getting good service somewhere, let me give you my card. If you're looking for a job, call me. He said, when I see eagles out there, I give them my card. He said, you'll be amazed how many cards I, I get responded to. People call, hey, you met me three years ago and I'm looking for a job. That's how he did it. Funny thing though is, when I spoke, he pulled up a little chair, and he sat beside me, and the whole time I spoke to this crowd, he would whisper, that's good, stay on that. And then he'd go, oh, move on, we got that one. Oh, that's good. And he just, one time he said, pull up and park, you know, just, just pull up and park. And they don't even know what he's saying, but I remember thinking, leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, they're not all the big, loud, walk in the room, the lights go up. This little guy, you would never know if he walked in the room that he could own the room. And so that helped me to learn more about leadership. But as I look at the 12 disciples, all of them are unique and different. Andrew was the quiet one. Uh, he was strong, courageous, but very low-key. And the reason that I think we don't hear much about Andrew is because he lived in the shadow of a brother named Peter. Now, Peter's the loud one. Peter's the outspoken one. In fact, we say Andrew's the quiet leader. Today, I'm going to talk about Peter. Peter is the outspoken leader. Peter's his brother. When Andrew found Jesus, the first thing he did is he went and got his big brother and, and brought him to him and said, we found the Messiah, and that was the start. And that's how we heard of him. But when we look at Peter, most of us know about him. So I'm going to give you a few things about him, and then look at some takeaways 
that I hope that you can apply to your life or at least be able to know when something goes in your life, you can say, that was it. And these moments to me mean the world. I, I can't tell you the times, uh, there, there's a guy, you know, a guy in our church, named, a guy named Tim Johnson. Some of you may know. I remember Tim said, one day, Bill, I'm riding down the road. I'm on my way to Atlanta. I've got a dream in my heart. He said, and, and I was listening to your CD. He carries it everywhere he goes now. And he says, and I, I pulled over, said, that's what I need. He called home and quit his job. He started a company. About a year later, he profited, I think it was $50 million the first year and 100 the second. And the company just kept growing. Wound up on the Forbes uh, list of, uh, of private businesses. And, and when I met him, he came up to me in a restaurant. You won't believe this. I was just riding on the road listening to the statement. This changed me. And he says, I carry it with me everywhere I go. And so I believe that maybe today, I'm praying that today something may may make a shift for you. Maybe a defining moment. Maybe something you say, that's exactly what I needed. I'm good. And by the way, I've always said in speaking, if you ever get a word and that's the word you got to act on, I mean, you just say, i got to hear it. I just say, right then, I want you to do something. Just jump up where you are and just let me know with a thumb and walk out. Yeah. I've always said we're preaching. If, if, if I'm preaching, if right in the introduction you say, hey, that's what I pray for, just get up and leave. Go act on what you hear, okay? I'd rather look out and nobody else be there and see one guy and say, did you ever get it? You know, how long are we going to be here? Then, to, then nobody apply it. So let's look at, look at Peter for just a moment. What do we know about him? We know a number of things. We know his name is always listed first. Whenever he's mentioned in the Bible, his name above every other disciple is always first. Now, he wasn't the first disciple. Andrew was. But he seemed to be the best known of all. He stood out among the crowd. He was a spokesperson of the group. When Peter spoke, he spoke for all of them. The others would be quiet, but Peter was the one always opening his mouth. Sometimes we say he opened his mouth, he stood on one foot while he put the other one in his mouth, but he always had something to say. He was the first person that asked this question, um, how many times do we forgive somebody if they offend us? He was the first one that asked the question when they walked by a fig tree that was cursed. Jesus, tell me about that tree. He was the first person that asked Jesus one time privately, when we get to heaven, let's talk about the rewards. He was the first person who suggested when Judas hung himself, we got to get a replacement. We got to find Matthias or somebody to replace him. Peter was the spokesman for the group. He was outspoken. If it was on his mind, it came out of his mouth, okay? That's what we know about him. Peter was married, by the way. Not, most of the disciples were not married. Peter was married. We know that because the Bible says Jesus healed his mother-in-law. My assumption is any man that get a mother-in-law not get a wife would be a fool. So, so obviously he was married. Uh, Jesus changed his name one time. His name when he first met Jesus, his name was, uh, he came up to him and, and when he said, I'm Simon, Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, but we're going to change your name to Cephas, the rock. Now, he does a play on words. We forget because we hear preachers sometimes that are just mad or had a bad day and they're spitting fire and I'm not one of those. I'm a teacher. So I'm going to tell you some things we don't see. Jesus had a sense of humor. He played a little play on rock, a little a word play with the word rock to, to Peter. When he said to Peter, he said, your name is Peter. The word there is Petros, a Greek word that means little rock. The capital of Arkansas would be Petros, little rock. He's saying, you are Peter. You're little rock. He said, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the word he used there for rock was a different word. It was the word petra. It means big rock. It means boulder. 
What Jesus said was, he's kind of like with a wink in his eye, he said, hey, your name is Peter, Little Rock, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. Upon this boulder, upon me. He's saying the church wasn't built on Peter, it's built on me. And, and he made that play on words. If you don't know that, you just think, well, what was that language about? He's basically saying, Peter, you're going to be great, but you're a pebble in comparison, okay? Now, by the way, he named it, that's kind of a nickname, The Rock, okay? We like to talk about Dwayne Johnson being The Rock. Simon Peter was the original rock, okay? That's who the, okay, and Jesus named him that. Now, there's, there's a couple of things we learn about his life. Let me give them quickly, okay? Number one, Peter's faith. Peter's faith. When we first find Peter, he is the son of a successful fishing uh, man, and he has a good business. And when he's in the fishing industry, he's doing well. Life's going that way. You know, he's making his money. He's catching his fish. He's known in the community, well-respected, still outspoken. And one day Jesus comes along when Andrew finds him and says, uh, go, go get my brother Peter. And he went and got him and brought him. We found him aside, and he starts following him. And now those boys leave everything to follow Jesus. They walk away. You know what faith is? Faith is walking in the dark, or walking in the light as far as you can, then taking another step in the dark. Faith is believing what God said, even when you don't understand, but you just act on it. Faith is knowing down in your heart, this is the better deal. This is the higher calling. This is the right way. Imagine this, he's got a comfortable life in the community as a fisherman, and now he's going to walk away from all of that and follow Jesus. Now that sounds good, but do you know people that have done that? You ever met people that said they walked away? I can think of many people that have. I'll give you an illustration. A guy, he's sitting here today, he's sitting in the floor back there. But he's thinking he's the most humble servant you'll meet in this room. His name is Scott Dykes. Scott was a businessman, very successful. Actually, Scott had roofing companies, and he sold more, more material than they do out of Lowe's and Home Depot and everywhere else than anybody around for what he did. And he felt a call. Brent called him one day, and Brent was asking me, he said, Bill, Dad, I just feel like Scott Dykes is my guy. i got to get his administrator. And uh, I said, well, ask him. He said, you know Scott ain't going to come. Dad, he's got more business. He's the biggest guy in Alabama. I said, ask him. And so Brent went and asked him, and Scott said, you know, I've been thinking about that. When Scott got along with God and God confirmed it, he gave away two and a half million dollars in business already on the books. That's how much money he already had coming in. And he turned around and called some others in the business, said, I want to give you this business. Here, here's you 100,000, here's you 100,000. And he gave that away and stepped into a role not knowing there was any guarantee or anything to step into this role. That was what Peter did. And now we look at Scott, he makes decisions around here all the time and handles the big numbers and the big zeros. And, and uh, he'll tell you, this tired, man, it's a lot of work. He said, it was a lot easier where I was. He said, there's a whole lot of, you're spinning plates all the time. But he's where he was called. And I'm telling you, not everybody knows, but if you ever get a chance to act by faith, uh, and, and I say do it, you'll get faith or fear, you'll get, should I, should I not? But if you know, if down deep in your heart you know what you should do, I'd rather live a life of trying than a life of regrets. And so I suggest to you, do like Peter, step out. He was one of the inner circle. He was one of the inner three of Jesus. In fact, Peter's the only one that he, re Jesus rebuked Peter before. You remember that? Peter said to him, uh, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. Peter said, not so, Lord. 
Now, that's a stupid thing. You can't say that, okay? You can't say not so, Lord. If he's Lord, you can't say no, okay? And that's the oxymoron. I have a friend that always says, include me out. I say, stop saying that. It messes up my wiring in my head. Include means get in. Out is that. I can't, I, you know, that, that don't make sense. And so, the, you know, when he says not so, Lord, he rebuked him. But, you know, Peter rebuked Jesus. I mean, Jesus, Jesus rebuked him. Peter rebuked him, Jesus back at times. Uh, he, Peter was a unique guy, but he stood firmly on his beliefs. He stood outspoken. He was bold. He was unflinching. 99% of the time, Peter was right, and he didn't mind who he had to stand against to do it. We hope that you learned a lot from the first part of this lesson. A good thing to always remember is faith is walking in the light and taking another step in the dark. It is believing what God said even when you don't understand. You just act on it. Don't forget to stay tuned for part two of this lesson. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.